0: King Pharmacy and their 4,000 affiliates are pleased to present Crime Without a Script, the thrilling new show where art imitates crime, or is it the other way around? In the previous episode...
1: We discovered who killed Walter Huffman.
2: That's not the only thing we discovered! We also found another coded note and a gold necklace.
3: Now you guys weren't the only ones who hit payday. Guess what we saw at the club? It was another coin.
2: Well,
0: good morning, fellow TMQites.
2: Oh, Mr. Ferguson. By the way,
0: this is John Logan.
2: Actually, Lorraine and I decided not to go home right away.
4: Yeah, we thought we'd try our luck at the glass slipper. The coin is on the register. Did you get it? I sure did. Let's go out back and see if this baby has a message in it. Phil! What are you going to do with us?
2: Just told you. For now. What ultimately happens to you will be up to a certain man in a black trench coat. And get going. The doctor said you can see him, but only for a minute. And under no circumstances are you to upset him.
5: Even if it means life or death for someone else?
2: Oh. Why, that, I don't know, but...
5: You wouldn't. um, I'll be fast. But I can't promise I'll be gentle. Phil? Phil, can you hear me? Lorraine, Millie, got to get them. Phil, Phil, it's Sergeant Price. What happened to Lorraine and Millie? Mm -hmm. Oh, my head. Jack, am I glad to see you. We we have to go after them. They kidnapped Lorraine and Millie. Easy there. We are not going to do anything. You are going to lay right there and recover. I'll go after the girls. What happened? there was a third coin behind the bar Lorraine swiped it we we took it outside to see what what was in it Uh, someone slugged me from behind I think I heard a car drive away but I'm not sure any idea who hit you no I had my back to the club and the the alley to the street so it could have been anyone please Jack find Lorraine and Millie If anything happens to them, I'll never forgive myself. It's my fault they're missing. No, it isn't. It's the fault of the jerk or jerks who hit you and grabbed them. I'm going to do my best to find Lorraine and Millie. I'm pretty fond of them, too.
2: Time's up, Sergeant.
5: Yeah, okay. If you think of anything else, Phil, let me know. I will. I will. (sighs) How bad is he, nurse?
2: He has a concussion and a few cuts and bruises, but he should recover completely. We'll keep him for a day or two to make sure there aren't any complications. <laughs> oh, he must be one heck of a guy, though. There's a bunch out in the waiting room worried about him. Actor types, no less.
5: He is. Uh, I'll go let the bunch know how he is. Uh, please call me if his condition changes.
6: Here's my card Sergeant Price, please tell us that you've seen our fallen comrade and that he is in no danger. I have seen Phil,
5: and he's going to be okay. Unfortunately, I may not be able to say the same about a couple of others. Let's go outside.
1: Please don't tell us Lorraine and Millie...
5: We don't know. Phil said that they saw that third coin behind the bar. Lorraine stole it, and the three went to the lot behind the club to see if it held another note. Someone snuck up on Phil from behind and coshed him. He didn't see what happened after that. I do know that neither Lorraine nor Millie are at home, nor are they at TMQ. Do any of you know of anywhere they might have gone?
3: Nah, they said they were going to the Glass Slipper, then home. Millie does the kiddie show, Herkimer's uh, Fun Time, over at Balanced Studio on Saturday mornings, so she never stays out on Friday nights. I don't know about Lorraine.
1: Lorraine mentioned looking forward to going home and spending some time with a good book after they went to the club. She never would have abandoned Millie or Phil, and they wouldn't have left either of the others unless they thought everything was okay.
6: Which brings us to the conclusion that Millie and Lorraine were whisked away by an heir do We need to discover by whom and to where post-haste. The evildoers must have felt desperate enough to risk purloining our chums, and I don't think I need to say that desperate people do desperate
3: things. No, you don't. But you couldn't resist doing it anyway, could you? Easy, guys. We're all on edge. lieutenant came to the same conclusion you
5: did, Russell. He's made this case top priority, and there are dozens of cops looking for the girls. Why don't we concentrate on breaking that code? It'll keep us busy, and cracking it might help.
6: Excellent idea. I insist we perform this task at my home. It's more comfortable than that drafty office, and my potables are both potent and, uh, gratis. I don't know.
3: Great
1: idea, Russell. Thank you. Think of it this way, Barney. He'll have to play host to us.
3: Oh. Well, since you put it that way, let's go.
6: was going to tie you two to chairs, but there aren't any. (sighs) I don't even know what the big deal is. You're nosy, but you couldn't be dangerous. You're just females. Oh, I know. Come over here and sit on either side of this pole here. I'll tie you to that. We don't know what
2: the big deal is either. We don't know anything other than that two men were killed.
4: Three. you forgot film, Millie. I will get out of here, and when I do, you're going to get it for killing him, Rusty. He's not dead. I didn't even hit him that hard. He was still breathing when we left, I swear. For your sake, I hope so. You did kill Paul Becker, though. Why? I didn't kill no one. I don't even know a Paul Becker.
2: But you must know him. He had a gold coin, too. And he knows Murgatroyd Smith, the antiquity thief.
6: Millie! Wow. You broads know more than I thought. Maybe Stella was right. But notice, I didn't kill Paul or anybody else. I gotta get back to the club. You two stay put (laughs) like you could do anything else. (laughs) I was a champion in knot tying when I was a Boy Scout.
4: been doing too many cop dramas. Nobody's getting killed not on my watch. (coughs) Wow, he did tie us pretty tight. Still, there has to be a way. You don't see my purse, do you?
2: Um, yeah. It's on a shelf by the door. What is this place? Can you tell?
4: Darn it. The pocket knife I have in there would come in really handy right now. If I was a betting man, I'd say this is where they keep all the stuff they fence. I can make out uh, golden cups on the shelf near me.
2: Speaking of gold, do you still have the coin?
4: I do. I stuffed it in my brazier when I heard someone coming. I wish I could get to it. It would at least give us something to do. If we could crack that code, I bet we'd have the evidence to catch the whole gang.
2: And maybe even the address of where we are.
4: I bet that's it. I bet that first coded message is the address of this place. The number started with a three, though, and I don't know of anywhere around LA with address numbers that big.
2: Oh, it must have been in code, too. <gasps> Wait a minute. You said Walt Huffman said five to three, right? What if the code is as easy as backing up the alphabet two places? Huh? Well, instead of C being the third letter, E is in the code. A word like the would
4: become, oh, well, let me see, V-J-G. Hey, I think you may be onto to something. I seem to remember one of the sets of letters was V-J-G. And if that key also applied to the number... The address wouldn't start with a three. It would start with a one.
2: Bingo! Oh, but that doesn't do us much good. Not stuck like this.
4: We won't be stuck for long. Where there's a will, there's a way. And I got an awful big will. Scooch as close as you can to me. I'm going to try and untie you. Welcome to my humble
6: abode. You make yourself at home, as they say in the westerns. <laughs> Gloria's attending a party, and the maid is at the cinema, so I will make the coffee. I shall return anon. If you prefer something uh, <laughs> stronger, please help yourself to the bar. I have some lovely scotch. 25 year old Ballantine. Ooh,
3: Ballantine, huh? Don't mind if I do. Anyone else? A small one, please. And thank you.
1: Thank you for joining us, John. I didn't expect you to jump in like this.
0: happy to help. You hadn't gotten very far when I had to leave. Then when you called me about Phil, I thought perhaps a new perspective might help.
5: Has there been any word about Millie and Lorraine? No. My boss is hopping mad, to say the least. The only reason I still have a job is that he needs all hands on deck. I am under strict orders to keep the rest of you in my sight until this case is solved. Uh, John excluded, of course.
6: I hope you got a lot of bedrooms, Russ. Coffee is percolating. Oh, we have four bedrooms, not counting the master, and the den can be converted. Why? Oh. Oh, gracious, all of you, here, for days. <laughs> Why, I am... I suppose. I, 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 I never intended. I mean,
5: no, 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 no. No, you people don't have to be quarantined. I just need to know where you are at all times. It's for your own protection. If they kidnap two,
1: they could grab more of you. He's right, boys. Two people have already been killed over secrets we don't know by person or persons unknown.
3: I don't think they're unknown to us. We just don't know their alter egos. And I do think there are two different people involved. I have to think Murgatroyd Smith is behind tonight's attack and the kidnapping, and someone else killed Paul Becker. I also have to think that someone is someone we met. Someone
6: Not we- just one we've met. One we know well. By your logic, the person who has been using the empty office must also be the firebug. And if those are both true, then that person must be an employee at KTMQ of one sort or another. A familiar face who could roam the halls without standing out. That person could not also be Murgatroyd Smith.
3: that narrows our suspect list down to a few hundred from a million and a half. If I may interject... Please
1: do. I
0: think it narrows the field of suspects even farther than that. As I understand it, and the office we were using earlier is on a floor that does not have a studio,
1: therefore it might be more noticeable if your average actor was spotted up there. Good point. Conversely, it would seem more than odd to see one of the third floor tenants on the second floor. Which means that the firebug and the office user are almost certainly employees of the building itself.
5: Another good point. So good that I thought of it two days ago. We've interviewed tenants, maintenance staff, engineers. So far, everyone's had an alibi for both the time of the murder and the time of the fire. We still have a few to interview, but the odds aren't
3: in our favor of for one of them being guilty. But one of them gotta be! How about the security staff? If anyone would have unquestioned freedom in the building...
6: It'd be one of them. True, true. But the person I saw walking away from the closet that morning was not a silhouette I recognized. I'm sure I would have noticed if it was, uh, say, Artie or that, um, night fellow Oscar.
1: Maybe the person was wearing a disguise.
6: Maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe it don't do us no good.
3: We need a certainty. We need to rescue Millie and Lorraine. And we need to catch the idiot who's making me so mad! E- easy, Barney. I agree. But without
5: evidence, all we have are our brains. I'm going to call into the station, see if there are any updates. Take one last look at the code while I do. If you still can't come up with anything, we'll go back to TMQ and do another search, okay?
0: I must say, Barney, that everyone I've spoken to at the station has praised you for your great intelligence. Perhaps, if we work together... We can unlock the secret, your brain, and my new perspective.
3: Yeah, 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 okay, okay. You know, I, I think I'm going to like you, Mr. John Logan. Let's get to it.
4: <laughs> <clears throat> Almost there. <clears throat>
2: Ow! you mean? Be careful. Uh, uh,
4: Sorry. I'm trying to avoid hurting you. Promise. Uh, uh, There.
2: You did it. Uh, I'm untied.
4: Great. Now untie me. Uh. Uh. Uh.
2: Uh. That was amazing. Uh, How did you do it? You were never a boy scout.
4: I was never a girl scout either. Let's just say it wasn't the first time I was tied up against my will.
2: Oh, I don't think I want to know what that means. Let's go.
4: Hang on. Rusty won't be back for a while, not if he wants it to look like he was on the job all night. Let's find out exactly where we are and what these people are up to.
2: Only if there's a back door to this place. I don't want to get tied up again.
4: No back door, but there's a window. I've opened it, just in case. Now, just shine a flashlight around. I got one in my purse. Here we go.
2: Wow! This is what I always thought a pirate ship would look like! There must be enough candelabras to light the Hollywood Bowl! Ooh, And look at that box full of jewelry!
4: <laughs> and enough fingerprints on it all to send the thieves to jail for a long, long time.
2: Oh wow! You had a camera in that purse
4: too? An accident. I put it in there about a week ago to take photos at the zoo and I forgot to take it out again. The zoo? Yeah. Photography is kind of a hobby. I like to take pictures of animals. Is there a desk or anything here? It would be great if we found the name of the other person involved of in all this.
2: There does have to be a third, doesn't there? Neither Rusty or Stella could have shot Paul Becker. <gasps> Wait a minute. It has to be someone at TMQ. Someone who had access to everything, doesn't it?
4: I never realized how much of an act you put on until right now. You're no ditzy blonde at all. Yeah, it sure does.
2: Don't tell anyone about me, please. If anyone knew I wasn't who I played, I'd never get work.
4: I don't agree, but if that's what you want, my lips buttoned. I'd never write out a friend.
2: Thanks. And thanks for calling me a friend. I think of you as a friend, too. Gee, you really think I could be myself and still get parts? I
4: sure do. I've always just been me, and I've done OK. You might actually get better parts if you showed them the real you. Oh, jeez, someone's walking up to the door. Too late to get out the window. Quick, go back to the pole. We'll make it look like we're still tied up. Maybe we can get the drop on whoever it is.
1: Okay.
3: Well, well, well. Look what we have here. Two new baubles that are prettier than any of the gold ones. Thanks to your snooping, you won't be pretty very much longer.
5: the lieutenant says a charm from a charm bracelet was found behind the glass slipper a charm with the initials ls and a car was observed leaving the area at the time of the attack fortunately the witness couldn't tell us what kind of car or the license only that it was headed westbound on hollywood boulevard i'm going to go meet with the lieutenant and our captain The lieutenant's brother may have cracked the code. You guys keep working on it anyway, just in case. It may be our only way to rescue Millie and Lorraine. Call me if you come up with anything, or you decide to go anywhere. I'll call you if we come up with anything.
1: Okay. I hope one of us has to make that call soon.
6: I don't like the sound of that at all. Nor do I. Charms do not simply pop up of bracelets.
1: I bet Lorraine pulled it off herself and dropped it as a clue. She'd do something like that. If uh, she is
0: even half as resourceful as all of you, I'm sure she did.
1: She's even more so. But why do you say we're resourceful?
0: Because without your realizing it, you've broken this code. It's right here in your notes. What do you mean? Look. Here, someone wrote the alphabet. On this page, someone else wrote numbers.
6: If I fold the numbers page
0: so it aligns with the alphabet, what do you see?
6: The numbers correspond to the letters, of course. We've all been to elementary school. Yes, but there is more to it. You mentioned a possible clue was five to three,
0: correct? What happens when I move the numbers in two places so that five is now over the letter C, the third letter in the alphabet?
6: You make a nonsensical jumble. I don't see... Hold
3: on, hold on. He's right. Look at the first three letters of the message. When you do it John's way, V-J-G becomes T-H-E-The. How did we not see that before? Because, as I've mentioned, you are the
0: inside of the puzzle. It's usually easy to see the image from a distance, and without preconceptions.
1: The warehouse address is... 13134 Montevista Road. If the numbers work the same way as the letters. Anyone have a Thomas Brothers?
6: Yeah, Lorraine. Yeah, fear not, I have one as well, right here as a matter of fact. Gloria likes to search for the most exclusive addresses in Los Angeles in case we decide we need a new love nest. <laughs> yeah, uh, here you are.
3: Eh, yeah. looks like Monte Vista Road is in the San Fernando Valley, near Whiteman Air Park. <laughs> Dolls to donuts, that's what a girls are.
1: Oh, that must be nearly 20 miles from here. Even farther from downtown.
6: Then there is no question... We must be the heroes who rescue the damsels. All aboard my Shadowbank! This is by far the roomiest, not to mention the speediest. Yeah, I'll call Jack and let him know what's up.
1: John, um, please don't feel compelled to join us. You've been a real champ here, but I don't want to put yourself at risk.
0: Are you joking? This is the best research I could possibly do. Let us be off! You have been listening to Crime Without a Script, the thrilling new mystery series brought to you by King Pharmacies. King Pharmacies, the highest quality products for all of your medical needs. With over 4,000 pharmacies across the United States, there's bound to be one right around the corner. This week only, customers who mention Crime Without a Script will receive a special gift. Tune in again next week for the next installment of this program. This episode of Crime Without a Script starred in alphabetical order. Lauren Bombar as Roberta Maxwell, Val Coons as Lorraine Spangler, Max Levine as Phil Ward, Mike Luce as Barney Fuller, Richard Tatum as Russell Banks, and Rochelle Wasserman as Millie Johnson. Script by Val Coons. Sound patterns by
4: Val Coons. I'm your announcer, Carlton Peabody. In tonight's episode, the part of Rusty was played by Max Levine. Roy Forrest was played by Mike Luce. The part of George Ruby was played by Richard Tatum. The parts of Stella and the nurse were played by Rachel Wasserman. Our announcer, Carlton Peabody, and John were both played by Keith Wright. Sergeant Jack Price was played by our special guest star, Ben Zeke. This has been a Q Footsteps production.
0: This episode of Crime Without a Script starred in alphabetical order. Lorraine Bombauer. Jesus, Mary Joseph. And the dead
6: can be con... Gang? Gang? What is a gang? <laughs>
4: Do that again.